Welcome to the Associates Corner, the project where our mission is to empower you with tools, ideas, and strategies to elevate your associateship and your career. Join us. Let's get started. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the Associates Corner. Thanks so much for joining us. Uh, welcome back. It's good to be recording another podcast. It's me, Catherine, with the Associates Corner. I feel like it's uh, catch-up time a little bit. It's been a while since we put a podcast out, but glad to be talking with you again, sharing some ideas, ultimately all to elevate our careers and our lives. A lot of that can be done through technical skill. A lot of that can be done through mindset. Welcome to the Associates Corner. So what has been going on? In terms of the Associates Corner, our practice, lots has been going on. And that's a really good thing. Being able to develop in multiple aspects of professional life keeps things, one, interesting. Two, you know, the pattern of continuous growth, continuous improvement, lack of stagnation, all very important things. And three, a growth-oriented mindset can often lead to a full calendar. Lots going on. This will be another podcast topic. This is not the main topic for today, but maybe this is a little teaser. I don't think we've done a teaser on the Associates Corner before. I'd like to explore the idea of the quote-unquote misnomer of balance. I don't mean to, you know, uh, say anything scandalous in that because, of course, there are positive aspects to balance. But like I said, that's another podcast, another time. Anyway, what's been going on in the Associates Corner? Continuing education. I was traveling for some continuing education, got to go out to Scottsdale, Arizona, a fantastic area. I'm from the Midwest, so being out west, beautiful. Um, it was a very focused trip. It was very fast. You know, I think there are different, different ways of approaching continuing education. In this situation, in order to spend the least amount of time away from my clinical practice, it was very much a fly-in, take the course, high yield, and then get out of there and get back home. I was at the Spear Education Center down in Scottsdale. Amazing class. I took the facially generated treatment planning workshop. Really gave a lot to think about in the course of just three days. Great to get some hands-on work as well. Our practice owner was down there as well. Really great to hear some transformative ideas about how we treatment plan. Definitely some real takeaways, too, to take back to the office, which was great. I will say, though, so right on that Spear campus, if you look just, I wish I knew the cardinal direction. I don't. But if, if you look off into the distance, there's mountains just, just right there. And one of these times I'm out in Scottsdale, I'd really love to take some extra time and go hiking, go on some, you know, day day trips, 
gosh, I mean, that would be a great place to actually go on a multi-day excursion as well, but I'm, I'm getting a little off topic here from the associate's corner. Though we can elevate our careers by elevating ourselves, and certainly from my experience, time in nature, time connecting with meaningful extracurricular activities, all good too. So continuing education has been a big part in the past couple weeks, getting ready for that, reflecting on that, coming back. Um, continuing professional leadership, personal development. I went on another short trip, again, very quick, but that didn't involve air travel, which always makes things a little easier when you don't have to get on a plane. I don't mind flying at all. In fact, I like it. Um, but I will say there was one connection flight. You may have seen a post on the Associates Corner. I posted a training to run my first ultra marathon. So Running is something I really enjoy. I mean, just feet on the ground, running. Running to catch a connection flight, honestly, it's still kind of exhilarating. I still enjoy running, and it makes me feel like I'm taking action, moving towards something. But I will say the air travel to get to the continuing education, there was, there was a bit of time there where I wasn't sure logistically I'd make it. But hey, put in the effort until... Uh, until otherwise proven and by running through the Charlotte, North Carolina airport, I, I got on that second plane, made it. That's always a good thing. So anyway, moving, moving on from that kind of life in the associates corner update, let's talk about a clinical pearl. This is actually one from the continuing education I was at. We were working on taking uh, photography, clinical photography, um, to assist aid in treatment planning, both from a clinician standpoint and from a patient-clinician communication standpoint. Both are very valuable. Simply learning the techniques for that photography, but more so, honestly, learning the value behind it, how to analyze it, how to use it, how to really develop a facially generated treatment plan using photography, intraoral measurements, extraoral measurements, um, models, casts. The, I mean, I, I won't repeat the whole continuing education course here now, but during the hands-on portion where we were actually taking clinical photographs of each other, I was like, man, this is, this is fantastic. What's, what is up with this mirror? It, it's not fogging at all. And my patient's still alive there. <laughs> They're breathing in and out. Their respiration is great. Like what, and it wasn't my patient. It was my, um, you know, the, the person, the, uh, the co-student in the course. Um, I was like, this is great. Mirror warmers. The, the Spear Education Center had mirror warmers, so these intraoral mirrors weren't fogging. The intraoral temperature, the temperature of the breath was more similar to the mirror, so they weren't fogging. And I was like, oh my goodness, this is, this is so convenient. We don't have someone trying to like use the air water syringe to blow air on it while I'm trying to also balance a camera, you know, retract the patient's uh, soft tissue. Like, no, it just, it's not fogging. And actually, one of the other participants said, okay, you don't even have to purchase a mirror warmer, though I will say they were very nice. Um, use a warm water bath. It, you know, get that mirror into a more, to, to a better equilibrium, 
temperature that you expect the intraoral environment to be and you're going to manage have a lot less fogging to manage because especially as I'm me personally but if anyone is getting started in doing you know full sets of treatment planning or really any photography with an extra oral camera using mirrors and retraction there's several moving pieces and parts I mean there's there's plenty to be focused on to get high quality images. And if you don't have to focus on removing fog from a mirror, that's pretty good. So, little clinical pearl there. We can move to the, the main topic that I thought could be useful to discuss today. And the way I'll title this, um, do every procedure, let me back up, not every procedure, but the value of doing procedures three times. Now, I said that a little bit, uh, some of you may be thinking, my goodness, if, you're, if someone's actually doing a crown three times because it's failing, we have a serious problem, and I would agree with that, and certainly we're not extracting a single tooth three times, that would be we need to talk about some technique improvement if we're doing any procedure clinically three times. But what I'm suggesting is that there's a way to actually experience a procedure three times. Once before the, before the fact, before the actual um, clinical task occurs, and that's in your mind's eye. That's planning. That's we, We'll talk about that, um, what that first run through of the clinical procedure is. The second time you do the procedure is with your hands, clinically. With the patient, real life, chair side, you are doing the procedure. And then the third time you do that uh, procedure is after the fact. It's a reflection, but not just a reflection of like, ah, yes, that six unit bridge, <laughs> lovely, done. No, I, I'm talking about a more active, active recounting analysis and critical thinking through of that second time in relation to the first. So I'm interested to talk about this a little bit more because I think there are pitfalls to this. It, I... I don't love generalizing anyone in a profession to say, oh, we're dentists, we're perfectionists, we have, you know, X, Y, Z. But I will say it is a common finding that many individuals who are dentists can be high attention to detail, high... Um, what I'm trying to say is with this first time going through the procedure in your mind's eye, there's a value to being able to think through details. And dentists are great people to do that because our work details count. I could argue that in all work and in all of life, it's the details that count that add up to the big things, but especially tangibly in dentistry, tenths of millimeters. So 
um, thinking about that first, that first time in your mind's eye, one, I think this is a great reinforcement. Own your schedule. Uh, I'm not do what you need to do, but be aware of what's coming up. Be prepared. Be be ready to go. Know what's coming up as much as possible. Avoid. I I, I tell my patients this. I'm like, I don't like surprises at the dentist. Like we're we're gonna have a plan and we're gonna know what's happening and be on the same page with the patient too. So know what procedures you have coming up first of all second of all you know okay so maybe you're not going to visualize every single class two composite that's on your schedule but there's value to visualizing and thinking through step by step your plan of action i'm going to split this into two parts actually one is just the thought that you need a plan. You need to know what you need, when you're gonna need it. This will help with communication with your clinical team, your chairside assistant. Um, gosh, even down to if you need a certain shade of Emacs block, if you need uh, materials, if you need the patient to come in earlier, if they're taking pre-medication, these are all just, that's just planning. Um, so that's, that's one very important reason to quote unquote, do the procedure before it happens. Think through some of those things. The second reason is um, visualization. I mean, maybe some, some of you may have a sports background. Some of you may have, really it doesn't matter what the background is, no matter what task you're doing, trying to perform distinct visualization, deep visualization, meaning thinking about the details of what it will look like, what it will feel like, envisioning yourself going through that process. Have you seen, if you've seen the patient before, you know, do, how do they open? What access do you have? What will it feel like as you're trying to um, both retract or, you know, gain visualization? Um, visualize the process. This is going to help you also determine or at least maybe think ahead to potential challenges and how you're going to overcome them and lead the patient to a better clinical outcome. That's key. And if you think about it, if you just roll up to your cubicle and haven't done that, that's a deficit. You're experiencing it for the first time when it counts, when when. There's, there's no putting tooth structure back. There's no, you know, you haven't done it yet. Give yourself the benefit of the doubt. Think through it beforehand in that first time of doing the procedure. I mean, you can take this to an even higher extent too. I mean, some people in, in very, you know, intense, um, I don't want to say intense, but involved um, aesthetic cases, prep stone models, I mean, you can, you can get as hands-on as you want with that, but before the actual procedure. Step two, pretty straightforward. That's chair side. That's when, you know, patient's there. You've already thought through it. So ideally you have all of the materials you need. You have the mindset ready to approach the task. You're ready to rock and roll. Things are, and undoubtedly, you're going to encounter challenges along the way. Undoubtedly. I mean, part of why we go through the training we go through is because our job is essentially problem solving. 
sometimes it's problem solving pathology, you know, I mean, ultimately that's diagnosing, right? Saying, okay, here's pathology or here's a problem. I hate to use the word problem because from a philosophic standpoint, um, I don't believe that any part of the body is a problem. We're just treating pathology. But again, that's a little, that's a little philosophical tangent. Anyway, um, we are problem solvers. And undoubtedly in that second step, as you're working through a clinical task, a clinical procedure, you're gonna encounter hurdles. Now, some of those may be what you've already thought through in step one, some of them may be novel. Part of the value of doing a procedure three times is that over the course of a lifetime of practice, you're gonna start to know those commonly encountered hurdles and also you know, those unicorns, those things that you're like, oh yeah, that time when I encountered X, Y, or Z, and now that adds to your arsenal of experience. If you haven't thought through that, those unicorns, those challenges that are unique, um, you, may not, you may not be able to use them as productively for your future self. And this actually leads into that third time that you're doing a procedure after the fact. Now I am, to be honest, quite a strong proponent of when the day is done, chill. <laughs> Do something to, you know, recharge if that's up your alley. Maybe that's honestly getting good rest. Maybe that's going to sleep. Maybe it's, I mean, I referenced running at the start. That's, I mean, that's what I like to do. Um, and, it, and that's just not to recharge. I run for other reasons as well. Again, a bit of a tangent, but I'm a big proponent of, yes, after the workday, take the time you need. The workday is long, the workday can be hard. Take the time you need to decompress a bit. However, I also think that reflecting, analyzing, and growing from this reflection and analysis um, can actually be a good part of decompression, especially when things get challenging. The process of something becoming challenging can be very frustrating in the moment. Maybe you don't find it frustrating, but I would, I would posit that for many humans, encountering frequent challenge in a single case can be, can be trying. Reflecting on that can be actually an opportunity for analysis, growth, and then also moving past any emotional hang-up, if you will. Looking at something rationally with a critical and analytical eye, remove that emotion. The tooth doesn't care, you know? The tooth isn't, isn't, doesn't really care what you think about it, right? But if you can analyze what happened in a very systematic way and make a plan, for future times, you're ahead of the game. You're, you're growing from it instead of running from it. So interesting. A couple things to think about as you are reflecting. One, this points back to why we needed step one, why we needed a plan in the first place. Because 
if we didn't have a plan, how can we compare what happened against what we thought would happen if we never said what we thought would happen? Um, so in reflection, it's important to think back on that plan. Um, think about what you expected was going to go down. And then also think about what actually happened. Those may be similar. Those may be identical in some cases. There's also value to see when they're different and to understand why. You can you know, champion what went right. Say, you know, that went really well. You know, let's do that again, um, X, Y, or Z. But it's also really important to acknowledge maybe what didn't go right. Um, as a clinical provider, of course, you are getting a patient to a stable clinical outcome, period, at the end of the appointment. That is, that is non-negotiable. However, things within that process can still, again, and I hesitate to say this, but go wrong, not go well, not go right. Um, the importance there is why. Digging into why something didn't go right. Maybe it was novel anatomy that you couldn't see on preoperative imaging. Maybe it was patient compliance. Maybe it was staff training. Maybe it was your training. Maybe you have a lack of training in some aspect of your clinical practice. Um, I, I guess I don't have to go through the gamut of why something might not go right. But as you think back in this third time of doing the procedure, what went well, what went wrong, and why, and what was expected to happen versus what did, that's where it can be a helpful analysis. Um, what I would caution against is verbal venting about a given procedure or experience. Um, of course, one, HIPAA, uh, non-negotiable again i mean some of these non-negotiables i'm sure you're like you know what Catherine? like of course we're licensed dentists like of course but i think you know even following hipaa simply verbally recounting to peers friends coworkers, like oh this happened and this happened and like i did this and this i don't think there's anything wrong with that and when put together in like a study club presentation, fantastic. Now you've taken it from emotional to analytical and the growth can happen in that analysis, not really so much in that emotional state of spinning. Um, so something to consider is being deliberate about that third time through the procedure, that it's not about feeling good about it necessarily, it's about growth. It's about productive, thought and, you know, um, comparison in some ways, thought and comparison. I've mentioned all of these as cognitive tasks only. Um, well, I guess in the first one we said, you know, you could prep stone models, but it's really not a bad idea to take your own notes on your practice. I mean, if you think about it, the number of procedures we do in a practice lifetime could really yield a wealth of knowledge. Every day that we're doing clinical dentistry, if we're going through this before, during, after analysis of care, 
you're writing your own textbook. You're, you're writing the clinical experience and insights gained, lessons learned, clinical pearls found. Why lose that? Why rely only on memory for something that could be so easily jotted down? I'm not saying you have to present every case you do. No, that's, that's not reasonable. Um, we do too much dentistry for that. But can you write down key takeaways from that post-game recap? I'm not calling dentistry a game, but, you know, that third step, that analysis, or maybe even writing down your plan. You know, find what works for you. But consider, take your own notes on your own practice. Could be very interesting and also fun to compare over time. Something to think about. Do a procedure three times. This isn't something I'm making up. I don't take credit for this being my idea. I think it's important to think about application to dentistry, though. It can be easy to feel like, oh, dentistry's on this island by itself. It's, um, you know, I go into my practice and I do my thing and I know what I'm doing. I'm a dentist. I think that's a dangerous perspective by inviting yourself to stay in a pattern of critical analysis through doing a procedure three times before in your mind's eye with visualization, planning, and deliberate protocols, during chair side with the patient, clinically performing the task, and then after with a careful, analytical, thorough analysis of what happened how it compared to your plan. Given all of that, there's so much more that can be gained from from our clinical practice to develop us into the best clinicians, providers, and caregivers we can be. Hopefully that was something that can give you something to think about. Like I said, I'm I'm not making novel statements here. I mean, how many... Um... How many applications do we see of visualization and productive after actions recapping? I mean, numerous, numerous examples. So just a thought to apply it in your own life. See how it goes. Do it for a year. Make a, make a resolution. Try it for 12 months. See how much better of a dentist you can become. Well, hopefully this was a fun fun topic to think about. Um, like I said, things are, feels like, you know, snow has melted, spring has sprung, life's rocking and rolling. Um, enjoy it. And remember, keep the patient first. It really does all work out after that. Take care, guys. We'll talk to you later. Bye.